1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. Today, Brandon and I are joined by the newest addition kind of to the Vertex fam and Vertex coaching staff, Mr. Mike Stark. Mike, how are you, buddy? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Awesome. Stark, Star, you got a lot you can roll with with that between you know, Marvel or Game of Thrones, even, yeah. like the King of the North. Oh, I didn't think about that. But the real thing, the real King of the North right now, Joey B. Talk about <laughs> Joe Burrow <laughs> and my Cincinnati Bengals. Great segue right there. Oh, <laughs> We're we still hear. rocking and rolling, baby Bengals. Flag hanging proud in yeah. the clinic. One of Josh's right. patients brought him a big old. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Apes kind of this week. Make me want to vomit every time I look at oh, up for hey, one more week. No, you know, But uh, Joey B, the king of the north in football. But you know, that, that was an easy segue. I've been, D, I've been, been <laughs> trying my best <laughs> at
0: D Ohio. This place the best <laughs> I can it is just Brandon just doesn't want me to ever be happy. I just
1: I think that's what it is. I think we've been suffering long
2: enough, Brandon. Dude,
0: I got got to get this off my chest, Mike. Every time I see you, I want to get neck tattoo yeah it's, it's like the first mine. Uh, I recommend it to anybody that's interested yeah uh-huh. I, so I re, I re, we were talking about this and it's like 10 years ago when you see somebody with sleeves on their arms it's it's like it, it stood out right now mm-hmm. everybody has those you like desensitized. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the neck tattoo is gonna be the next thing it's, like, nine, it's like 10 nine, years yeah. from now everybody's gonna have those and then it'll work up to the face you know maybe really, we'll uh, see maybe, maybe head yeah
1: isn't something when, in South yeah. Carolina like you can't they aren't allowed to tattoo
0: above a clavicle in this state yeah but everybody's yeah. got a friend right everybody's I'm got why? a friend that's got a little tattoo gun in their basement <laughs> I'm just gonna I would recommend against
2: lines. that <laughs> 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 I traveled for all mine there you go um, they're all done in legal states where it's it's not frowned upon there you go there you go <laughs> in <Yeah>. that area. <laughs> Oh man, but we're excited to have you uh you know uh
1: hanging out part of the staff you just went through the OPEX cohort uh part of the their certification program. It's cool. We've had a big OPEX team lately because we had Carl and James both on the podcast in the last couple of weeks, uh, or last couple of months, I should say. Uh, but yeah, man, how, how was that experience, dude?
2: I loved it. Um, I kind of dove in headfirst. Um, mm-hmm. It was recommended uh, to a friend, Ben Aiken, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't really know what to expect, But over the course, it was 12 weeks, 12 calls with, with James and Carl, Mm -hmm. just walking through everything. It was, it was really informative and and a lot more than I expected, Yeah. but all good things. And and the things I did know it reinforced and all that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah really enjoyed it. Uh, I'd recommend it to anybody that's that's willing to put that kind of time and effort right. into their, their training education.
1: Yeah, because you, you have a little background in training, too. I know mm-hmm. you've been first trainer, but you also Marine, bouncer, a
2: bunch of things. Man, how did you get to today? Oh, um, man. What's a uh, like, uh, quick little background so that people can understand a little bit? So uh, I did some time in the Marine Corps. When I got out of that, I kind of fell into a security role. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you get out and you're you know, ex-military covered in tattoos, full well, security is, is not exactly that hard to find. <laughs> um, there's not a lot of market for, for other stuff um, that I knew how to do, so I went straight into that. Um, when the pandemic hit, I decided to take a step back from security and, and get a little bit less exposed to mm-hmm. the virus and all that kind of stuff. And I figured, what's my next path? I've always been interested in fitness. I've always Mm -hmm. had that in my back pocket. Um, So I decided to go ahead and take the time to get certified as a trainer and and Mm -hmm. kind of open that door. Yeah. I started at a Gold's Gym. Yeah. You know, um, step number one, moved up to Columbia here. Mm -hmm. Found a spot at at Move Fitness there which was not so much different from golds. They right? used to be gold They used to be gold. Yeah. yeah what I tell people is that it's it's golds but it's green. Yeah. Hmm, basically, yeah, it's Green golds green. It's exactly so it's, the
1: same. Cute, that or what's what's the uh, what's the gold that like fools gold that turns a different color when it gets like
0: messed up. Yeah that is
1: a tangent, sorry. I have no idea.
2: Pirate,
0: isn't it? Pyrite. there we go.
1: Yeah there we go. Yeah.
2: Yeah so from from there, um the door was opened into CrossFit functional training for me, mm-hmm. and and I just fell in love with it. And I wanted to learn more, and that's what led me to, to OPEX, learning the the functional training aspect, and mm-hmm. a lot of it has been a drive for education, trying to understand the uh, yeah, yeah the programming behind it, the the building blocks that go into writing effective program design yeah, yeah. for functional training specifically, yeah, and. Yeah. and here we are. That's awesome, man. Well, we're pumped to have you uh, have you on board
1: and, and, you know, seeing how you grow with with this, kind of find your way within individual design, and, and, and also, you know, coaching some CrossFit too. I think that's an awesome, awesome mix, man. Um, but today, you know, this course, you know, part of the OPEC stuff is a, a nutrition piece, and, and we don't talk about nutrition all that much, I feel like, Brandon, just because, uh, you know, it's kind of a gray area within our practice act on kind of what we can talk about, what we should, and and the same thing from our coaching side. There are some, mm-hmm. some lines there, maybe, maybe. Uh, um, the best line I heard was actually when you have to start doing math, then it becomes more of like a, a, a dietitian type setup. So I've used that sometimes in the past, but I know in the state of South Carolina, if you feel competent, competent in this, our practice act allows us to start to dive into a little bit more. So as it uh, should, yeah, it should. I mean, it's, I mean, we know how important this yes. is when it comes to our, you know, our side of things, you know, healing and, <laughs> and, and trying to recover from whatever it is that the person's working with. But of course, you know, Mike and I know we got somebody in the gym. You know, the training's is only maybe 15, 20 percent of the picture the oh, outside yeah. the gym stuff is so important too yeah. that's yeah, that's oftentimes more of a struggle i would say for 100 percent, man a lot of people are dedicated when it comes to putting in work in the gym but mm-hmm. then you you start to dig in the outside the gym stuff and, and it's like okay now i know why you're not making the kind of progress i would have expected mm-hmm. yeah um, but yeah we want to kind of dive into some today since we got mike has just gone through a bunch more uh, nutrition education stuff and you're and not going through a few things sure. so we thought we'd uh we start to go get really all things around the question we get the most, which usually is about macros. Like how much should I be eating, how much protein should we get, carb, you know, that kind of stuff. I feel like macros is where everybody wants to start and, and I think it's good that we go through that, but it might not be where we should start with everybody too. So I think we should touch on that part.
0: Yeah, and I think the part of the first thing too would just be to define what are macros, just for yeah. the people out there listening that might not be as familiar with that terminology.
2: Yeah, for sure. Mike, what are what are what are macros, bro? Well there's a lot of ways to answer that question. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you could look at it, I think from a broad standpoint like what are your macros that could be your big three mm-hmm. your carbs fats proteins mm-hmm. how much you're taking in on a daily um uh, a daily rate or your total macronutrient count your total mm-hmm. total intake for the day right or, or on a weekly basis yeah um when i think about macros i, I think the big three mm-hmm. oh yeah. yeah protein carbs fats intakes yeah that kind of stuff um to answer the the question, there should we prescribe them? Yeah, yeah, uh, oh. absolutely. But I don't think right off the bat. For sure. What other for things sure. should we emphasize if we're not
1: if we're not going to dive right into macros with people? What are kind of the other common areas of things that we might start with
2: first? Well, that's, um, I mean, basic lifestyle guidelines, like you mentioned earlier. I mean, OPEX puts a lot of emphasis on on aiming for sustainability of life first. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's basic things that basically. What I try and do is is say, listen to your body, Mm -hmm. you know, get feeling good first and then worry about your macro intake, what you're eating, all that kind of stuff. So things like, are you getting sunlight? Are you moving? Are you drinking water throughout the day? Are you sleeping? Mm -hmm. You know, um, what are your stress levels like? Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff. Yeah, dude, that's so important. So,
1: so in those, I know I have some things that I like to think about with those. But like when you're sitting down with a new client and you're you're digging into their, um, you know, their lifestyle a little bit more, their behaviors around you know outside the gym and around some of these topics, you know, what kind of things are you encouraging from like a water intake perspective, a, a sleep quantity or quality perspective? You know, what kind of
2: you know benchmarks are you shooting for with a lot of these people? First benchmark for water intake is aim for half of your body weight in ounces mm-hmm. per day for water for um, sure uh, some people that can be kind of a daunting goal Oh, for uh, sure for myself i mean 100 ounces of water is that's that's kind of a lot to think about yeah. when you're sitting there mm-hmm. especially yeah. how much coffee we're gonna oh, take no, yeah. <laughs> i'm on cup number three I yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah. that's good i mean sleep anywhere between seven and nine hours for an adult mm-hmm. um you know what i mean uh, that's that's honestly, those two I think are the most important, especially these days. 100%. Like you said, most people are, we're on cup number three, cup number four, coffee, and <laughs> especially in the office.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's like,
2: that's like negative water, right? Because it's a diet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, you gotta balance it out. Yeah. Uh, 11.25 no.
0: cups of water a day is what I need. Dude, Just, boom. Mm. It's a <laughs> lot. Yeah, it,
1: it is It is daunting, but I think you're exactly right, Mike. I think that the biggest bang for our buck is not even really trying to figure out how many calories somebody's taking in. It, it really comes down to, I like to think about hours and ounces. Like Those are those are like the first two things that I think that we're, are going to really, like you said, get somebody who's feeling better, and feeling better is going to end up, then we'll start to see where we can push more in the gym, and we start to emphasize some of the intake stuff, uh, and, and that's really what gets that snowball started, so I'm with you on that, and when we're thinking about water in South Carolina, sometimes if somebody is either training a lot, or they are um, working a job that is, you know, outside, a lot of times, or something just it's so hot down here, especially in the summer, that a lot of times, I'm pushing that number even higher, so that like 50% of your, your body, or half your body weight in ounces of water, like that's my starting point, and that's why we got to get to that as soon as possible because it's really only going to go up from there. Mm. Oh, I agree, hundred yeah. um, percent. And sleep, man, I, I'm, I'm the, I feel so bad when I talk to people about sleep because I know my own sleep is not great, and uh, <laughs> and so. Uh, but it, you're right; it's so it's so important to emphasize those things. And so, you know, you when you're talking with somebody and they come to you, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't have. I'm not doing great with with sleep. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're averaging five or six hours, um, and it's maybe not super restful. What are maybe some strategies that you might start with with some person? to try to help get them
2: towards that goal of maybe seven or nine hours a night um when somebody tells me that they're not getting good sleep or they're getting five hours like you said or something like that uh, the first thing i look into is their habits Mm -hmm. around bedtime what are you doing before you lay down in bed are you watching tv are you on your phone Mm -hmm. you know are you getting a good meal in before you go to sleep um do you have any kind of history of, of sleep issues? You know, like myself, I, I have some sleep issues. And you got to figure out how to work through that with mm. whoever's qualified to, to be giving you advice sure. on that. For sure. Um, in addition to your circadian rhythm, mm-hmm. are you living with the sun? Are you going to bed when the sun goes down? That kind of stuff. Right. Um, so I attack those habits. A lot of times, especially these days, you know, when you go to work from 9 to 5 or whatever it is, you come home and people immediately want to sit down in front of the tv and unwind Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of a common theme with me uh, or that i see a lot of people coming in um and having that blue light exposure that Mm -hmm. keeps your brain moving even though your body's not not one to to do much anymore and if you lay down immediately afterwards your mind's racing yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i think i think having that as well as some other healthy practices maybe taking 30 minutes to unwind before you go to bed or, yeah, or yeah. reading or, or something like that. For sure. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's the first thing that I, I look at.
0: Mm-hmm. That's huge, too, the, the the blue light. I think we're all addicted. And blue light's referring to screens, right? We're kind yeah, of yeah, all addicted mm-hmm. to T V s like that. It's
1: so hard to put it away.
0: What, what that does not refer to, though, are the blue lights that come from blaze pots. So blaze pots, oh. if you're not familiar... Oh. Blaze Pods are, have been a great tool that we've been using in the clinic. Um, it also turns out we're an affiliate, all right? So be sure to check the discount code. It'll give you 15% off. It's in the show notes. Blaze Pods, follow your instincts. Push performance to new heights with the world's leading professional level reaction training system.
1: Boom. That was the best segue. I think I was even buried my king in the north. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> got to pay the guys. Uh, sorry. 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 Yeah, for real, though, we, we do love Blaze Pods, though. though, for real. That's, we, we, don't, we have some people always talking about wanting to put stuff or us to say stuff on here. And they're one of the few that we've actually said yes to because they do have some really good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, those, those are and, fun. We yep. have a lot. They Absolutely, yeah. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> no, I think that all that, it, you hit the nail on the head, man. Like, it's, it comes down to behaviors and habits around it. And, and it's hard to go zero to 100. So usually I, figure, I try to figure out what's the lowest hanging fruit you no, know, is it something you know like because all those things you mentioned are all great and it's like but if we throw all that at a, at a patient or a client a lot of times they're just setting them up for failure mm-hmm. so it's like well what's the one what's one thing we can start with mm-hmm. um, and so that's you know usually I take that same approach you do I try to get those habits figured out and usually the sleep within starts to take care of itself and if mm-hmm. for some reason it gets to a point where it's still not they have all these habits down and they're everything's a great and it's not then maybe it is a refer out situation to somebody that's more of a specialist in this area but um, no I think you're right we got water we got sleep and then we kind of work. You mentioned sunlight. You know, even for pale people like me, we got to get in the sun a little bit too. Um, but then it goes, and then it kind of comes around to nutrition. And so I do think we should get into maybe some macros because I know there are people that want to know this. So I think some general recommendations might be a good idea to talk about, but it is going to be so individualized and again you want to maybe get these behaviors in place first but we get a lot of people that want to know how much protein should i have all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff um, so i figure maybe we start there a little bit um uh, and go through kind of our, our processes there a little bit um so so i guess the first thing for me is i have everybody track their food you know oh, I, think, yeah. I i gotta see where somebody's starting from right and you know it's like again i can't throw something my prescription at somebody without knowing where they're starting so do you have anybody using a
2: specific app or anything mike uh, in my experience, my is the easiest. Yeah, it's free. It's got a barcode scanner. The library is huge. Yeah, mm, it's yeah. so easy. Once once you figure out the diary and and where to get that little cheese wheel where it shows you your mm-hmm. your breakdown, um, it's just so easy to use. That's what I use. Yeah, um, I've tried a couple paid apps in the past, and, and yeah, for sure, my <laughs> Fitness Pal is by far the easiest.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, man. It's, it's is it the most accurate? Maybe not. But then again, the the thing that really matters is if you're always selecting the same option when you're selecting that food, it really doesn't matter because then when you make changes you're 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 going to still have the difference so your absolute number might not be the correct absolute number but when you try to make changes you're still going to have the difference that you're looking for absolutely So, so i'm with you man um but yeah, I mean, like the first step for me, um, if we do, you know, we see that uh, I want to, I want to know where they are, and then I want to know where I, where they should be based on a few factors. So a lot of times I start with BMR, you know, to figure out first. I got to figure out kind of what's their basal metabolic rate, and there's a few ways you can do that. You know, um, we you know, we have an in body machine that you can use um, that will give you one. There's some inherent inaccuracies there too. But there's a bunch of formulas online, so you can just kind of Google BMR calculator and yeah. And, and,
0: and yeah, Harris Benedict, 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 most yep. common ones, kind yeah, of try and you yeah. like y'all like that one? Yeah. I I think it does a good job because again, yep. you know, any macro prescription—it's all just an educated yeah. guess. You're so, just throwing a number out them to start with. So just to recap: mm-hmm. getting the food log, getting the BMR—that's essentially is what our needs analysis is, right?
1: Well, the BMR, and then we got to add to it. The BMR okay. kind of gives—that's like if you were in a coma, laying in the bed, kind of mm-hmm. thing, so, sleep. guy yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's your BMR. It's like what's the base amount to just function. Gotcha. But we're going to be need to take in a multiple of that because when you think about actual intake or expenditure, mm-hmm. it really is a product of. of Four different things. You've got your basal metabolic rate. You've got your thermic effect of food. So basically, you know, actually, the stuff that we eat, it takes energy to break that down, right? Which is going to be roughly about ten percent of your BMR. And then you got two other kind of things you got to really think of: your exercise actual expenditure, um, which from an absolute value might be between like 200 and 500 calories a person um, per day, depending again on the activity. And then you've got your NEAT, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis or that stands for. And mm-hmm. so that's basically all the, you know, things that wouldn't be, you wouldn't categorize as exercise, but just when you're up and you walk from your desk to the bathroom and then you go and sit back down you stand up, you know, the daily life expenditure. And that's also maybe 200 to 500 yeah. uh, calories. So you you kind of have these different variables that you have to take into account to try to get to this intake number um, and that can get complicated so a lot of times I just use multiples
2: I don't know what you like to do Mike if you want to talk through your process no, I kind of use the same idea mm-hmm. um, the only multiple I'll use is that uh, thermic effect of food Yeah, yeah. that 10% of the BMR mm-hmm. and then I'll add in based on the activity level throughout the day of, of whatever that client is doing so if right. they're exercising very intensely then I'll go towards the 500 mm-hmm. um, but then again if they work in an office job and they're getting up maybe once every two hours to use the restroom or something they're might be a you little know, bit lower, that's yeah. on the lower end so I try mm-hmm. to I try and take that into account. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, it's imperfect, but
0: Mike isn't that one of the first things they teach in like survival training or like, military training? If you're in the cold, first step one is to eat because oh, your yeah. body's going to generate heat and eat there, drink for yeah. sure. Yeah, right? Mm, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, and and like like you know, we you can come up with variable speeds to so say BMR is fifteen hundred calories. You could assume that one hundred and fifty more calories on top of that for a thermal effect food, and maybe three hundred for each of the others. So now you're at that's sixteen fifty plus six hundred. You're at what twenty two fifty there. Oh, yeah. um, like you can make you could do it that way. Um, a lot of times, what I do is I just use a straight multiple of BMR, and so that could be anywhere from like one point two to to one point nine or two. Like it could be you know anywhere along there, and about one point five ish is what you would consider like somebody who's moderately active and that again what's moderately active mean but for me it's probably going to be anywhere from like 1.2 to 1.4 or 1.5 for somebody who's not doing a whole lot and then 1.5 to maybe 1.9 or 2 going that way for somebody who's active and so I'll just take rather than trying to guess the meat and their exercise activity, I'll just usually take BMR and then do a multiple and now I've got total calories. So I don't know if you've ever used a multiple like that or anything like that, Mike. I have in the past, yeah. Yeah, so that just makes, again, because we're just trying to get a starting point and then the starting point is gonna be whatever, it's gonna be something that we're going to end up having to adjust because it's an educated guess. It's not going to be perfect. Yeah. Like you said, you got to start yeah. somewhere. So get your calorie yeah. needs. So perfect. that's it. So so we're, so when you're calculating work. it, you got to know the calories because mm-hmm. then you're going to mm-hmm. try to divvy that up a little bit. So, mm-hmm. so Mike, let's say we got a calorie number. How, what, which macro do you like to set for somebody first?
2: If you're going to give somebody a macro prescription, that depends i would say okay. um, usually i go for protein first yeah yeah a lot of people in the gym are trying to build muscle look good mm-hmm. um, that's yeah. where i start yeah what, what are some what are some parameters like where what you know how do you go about giving them Or let's
1: say they take they're supposed to take in 2000 calories just to make it math easy like how would you what would you use
2: to decide how much of that should be protein usually i'll start and do like a 40 30 30 split okay so 40% um, on the carbohydrate 30% protein 30% fats yeah yeah just try and keep it even um, mm-hmm. Make sure they have enough energy and enough protein to recover and, and build muscle from there. I've, yep. heard,
0: I've heard this this saying go around a lot in the world. Over the past couple of years, is basically, when in doubt, add protein. And mm-hmm. I think what that means is like whatever the goal is, whether it's to, to build lean mass or maybe preserve lean mass, just more trying to lose weight, it's usually mm-hmm. let's let's increase protein, increase yep. protein. Do you feel like that holds true with your actual clientele?
1: Uh, I yeah, I'd say so for mm-hmm. sure. I think because you get some added benefits of that because mm-hmm. protein is going to hopefully increase your satiety. Like you're going to mm-hmm. feel. More full a lot of times with protein or fat intake than you would mm-hmm. be for carbohydrate intake. Which, if you're trying to control calories, um, that could be a benefit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, protein is require is so is so important for not only the building blocks of the actual laying down new tissue, but the the you know creating new enzymes um, for you know ba- you know hormone balance. Like you, you protein intake is so important mm-hmm. um, with that. And then also, protein has a pretty high thermic effect of food. Sure. And so, if you're talking about you know at, you know that that equation, you're going to increase how many calories mm-hmm. you're actually spending by. Taking in more protein too mm-hmm. versus uh, you know taking a carbohydrate um, as a as a as a comparison. So mm-hmm. I think protein intake is where I that's where I focus too first. Mike, because I end up going protein first. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, you also hear some things that, like relative to body weight. Sometimes people will say you could have uh, a gram of protein for every pound of body weight is another common recommendation. I think that that's generally okay sometimes it's a little bit lower sometimes it's a little higher i i look at like your 40 30 30 for me protein's usually going to be between 25 and 35 percent of that person's sure. total calories it really just depends but it's going to be about that 30 yeah. percent but it could be up or down the thing on the math
0: there there's on this topic too talking about um grams per pound of body weight yeah. there, there's uh it's been it's like pre-covid stuff it was like two years ago there was a, a presentation with the the t let's see mm-hmm. it uh SCA stuff mm-hmm. and they took a military population and basically gave them two grams per pound of body weight yeah. and it was when they were deployed and the good results and stuff like that but part of that was to kind of dispel the myths about high protein intake and, and kidneys and yeah, so yeah. you know if anything what they theorize is that there might actually be a kidney sparing effect right because yeah. if you get to a point where your muscle tissue is, is going to break down yeah, for yeah. example you, you wouldn't you would want that to happen right? sure. because of your you know your protein intake being too low. Right. And so therefore that's not being one be through your bloodstream and having to get filtered through your kidneys and things like that. Just just anecdote yeah, just yeah. aside, but I'm just illustrating the point that you, you, you your body can take protein there's really yeah. no no negative right. effect with that. right? Yeah we kind of debunked a lot of the, sure. the previous myths. You'll hear right. that you'll hear a lot from physicians going, no, don't yeah, don't take a protein shake your kidneys, you know that and, kind of and there stuff. And there it's probably just like really old school. Yeah there probably are situations
1: where like we do need control protein intake if somebody does have some kind of kidney condition or something mm-hmm. like that. And there are that's where it comes back to knowing what's in your scope. Right mm-hmm. when it becomes more of what I would term like medical nutrition therapy, like where somebody is getting nutrition prescription because of this specific med- medical condition, like that's beyond our scope. Sure, we need to get them in the hands of the right RD that's going to be able to help them uh, navigate that. Or if somebody has a very specific metabolic condition. Right, um, then we got to know our line. Um, mm-hmm. But you're right. From a general healthy population, you're not going to end up. You're
2: not going to have these problems that maybe we thought were going to be a problem at one well, point. Uh, yeah, I agree. When it when it crosses the line over just being able to effectively. Recover Recover and mm-hmm. express activity. Yeah, that's when it's out of our wheelhouse. For yeah, sure,
1: one hundred percent. Yeah, and then I, you know, so so we got a protein number. Where do you like to go next? Like to usually, uh, you know, f- figure out what fat number
2: you want them, and then and then solve for carbs. Are you a carb number that's solve for fats? I go, I go carbs, and then generally I'll leave fats alone unless it's really mm-hmm. pressing. Yeah, um, fats. I mean. It's harder to get people to eat fats, I would say, than yeah. it is more from a to psychology standpoint. Or, oh, yeah. yeah. So people are more scared of fasting our carbs. hundred really? percent.
0: Yeah. I would oh, thought yeah. it'd be the other way around. Just cause in my society, a
2: lot of a lot of younger people, I would say, are scared of fats. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, with keto coming up and all that kind of stuff, oh, nice. staying away from carbohydrates, especially, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and a lot of intermittent fasting and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I think carbs are. Carbs are more the enemy now, sure. but but younger generation. I've had a couple of I would say college age clients in the past. Yeah. and they're especially the females terrified of eating fats. Yeah, um, yeah. Even even though you know you
1: need it for sure I mean that's you're talking about from from hormone balance like you have to have adequate fat intake and that's why I actually I set fats next and then solve for carbs is kind of how I usually have like if I'm thinking about the whole equation I've got my total number i figure out my protein number kind of based on body weight but I want it to be that 25 to 35% in there and then I usually solve for fats and fats for me they're gonna fat that's the fat and carb number varies a lot for me when I'm given prescriptions a lot of it has to do with activity level and it's maybe contrary to popular like thought but when somebody's super sedentary, I actually like to have a higher percent of their total calories coming from fat and a lower percent coming from carbohydrates versus somebody who's a little bit higher activity level. I'll, I'll kind of shift that. So fats for me could be anywhere from 20% to like 40 or 50% of their total calories. Mm-hmm. It really just depends on the person. Um, and by the opposite, carbs could be 20% to 50% kind of thing of their car, uh, of that. So like if somebody's super, super active, I their calorie need's going to be pretty high. And I make up that calorie need usually through added carbs. Because they'll get high, their fat intake ends up becoming a lower percentage of it. Um, And and that also is helpful because they're taking in so much. So much food that fat is going to take a little bit longer and be a little bit harder on the gut to process it. So if I can limit the work the gut has to do, like those quick, easy carbs, somebody is that super active, I might have to do that. But if someone's more sedentary and I'm focused more on maybe you know controlling eating a little bit, or maybe they're they're trying to have you know some body composition goals, and we're just starting to get them more active, I want them to feel full and not feel like they're going to reach for something that they shouldn't eat. And so uh, I usually keep fat a little bit higher. So I'll, those two, I play, I play a lot with those two in an interplay after I've set protein really Uh, yeah I like that actually I've never thought of it that way yeah, that, you know it's it, and I think it, it, you know it's all just starting point, right? You throw something, you throw a prescription together, you you give somebody a prescription, um, and then the the goal is you know it's all an educated guess. What really happens after that is what's most important is like how did they respond to it? What happens? You know, you're tracking your metrics. Is there a, a weight and tape you know tape measurements, progress pictures, performance in the gym, recovery, energy levels, sleep, all those different variables? You're kind of looking at them and say, okay we've stuck to my prescription how has it affected these variables and if it's not turning the way you want then i've got to change something with my prescription so it's almost like a guess and check kind of thing um, with it being a really educated guess i like to think but you know, we, it's, we're not going to be able to nail this down on the first attempt. No. And yeah, it's it's, it's too complicated. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of times, like yeah, so some of my higher level, you know, potential games level type people, you know, their fat intake from percentage is only maybe twenty five percent of the picture, and their carb intake is super super high. It's just their that's their need. Um, but some of my general fitness clients, their carb intake might be under might be twenty five or thirty percent of their total intake because their fats are a little bit higher. Um, and, and then and then that opens up the door to like food quality, which is a whole. So- Different
0: conversation here. <laughs> so, so sound like just a general statement here, it sounds like the, the carb needs have to support the training in those for sure. Yeah. Basically, for sure. so somebody's yeah, training more two a you're yeah. on that kind of stuff, they're gonna be having a yeah. lot more of a for percentage.
1: sure. I'd say the vast majority of general population carbohydrate intake is gonna fall between, say, like hundred and fifty and two hundred and fifty grams a day, mm-hmm. somewhere in there for like most people. But like, you know, the the higher level athlete the demand is going to exceed that 250 mm-hmm. oftentimes. I mean, what did Quentin tell us the other day, our front desk coordinator, Quentin is, is a phenomenal CrossFit athlete, super strong, super lean too. Like yes, yeah, you know, abs working thick, out through his like, shirt. The, the abs. Yeah. Like, like, like the kind of abs you see in like the old school, like Italian sculptures, yeah. like, you know, that kind of
0: stuff. But, right? he's trying to, he's
1: got to support this huge carbohydrate intake. And so he's supporting it with arguably not the best, uh, you know, from a quality standpoint, Sour patch kids, occasional and and donut, and you're looking at like how is this person so so lean still, and that's just because that's the demand that his body requires right now. I would still advocate maybe for some better food quality. Cough, cough, Quentin. Um, but the, the that just illustrates how it really is about each person's individual demands that you have to figure out.
0: Yeah, you would just say the other day if the the furnace, the furnace burns hot enough, everything, everything burn, burns. Everything burns. I've heard that before a little bit out. too. Yeah. I, and yeah. I, I hate,
1: it, it while that may be true in some ways, I, I really do think that a whole other aspect of this is the food quality sure. side sure. of things, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, Qu- Quentin's a good example of that, you yeah.
0: know. So I want to, uh, you, you Mike, you made a, statement in the beginning or one of y'all did about how macros might not be good for everybody so a practical example is whenever I have an initial evaluation somebody who met for the first time we usually just touch on nutrition I'll I'll, I'll ask very open-ended questions you know tell me about your nutrition what do you think about is anything you track emphasize something like that and every now and then it'll be males or females they'll say actually i i I used to do that in the past and i had some issues with eating disorders and therefore i choose not to do that anymore you ever encounter those type of situations and if so what might be an answer for that type of person
2: i have not encountered that situation Mm -hmm. not yet i'm sure it's i'm sure it's coming But I have not experienced anything like that where somebody has said that it led to uh, some kind of disorder. Um, I have experienced, though, people saying that, oh, it didn't work for me. It was the accountability aspect of the things. And and on the food quality side of things, like you mentioned, Josh, I would say I've, I've definitely encountered when I've set a macros type goal for somebody. And the food quality has just plummeted Mm -hmm. because they're more concerned about hitting the numbers. Yeah, true. It
1: doesn't matter what it is as long as the number's right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: For sure. No, I, I, I that, that's a great point you make. I feel like that happens a lot, and that's kind of, you know, why I think these things go hand in hand and why macros alone aren't a perfect strategy. There's got to be these, you know, behaviors around it, but also to the food quality side of it, too, because then otherwise we, we, we haven't even touched on micronutrients and potential deficiencies through inadequate, you know, nutrient dense foods. Um, but to mention your point, Brandon, I have had people that, that you know, where the, I won't call it an obsession, but like the, you know, having these numbers to hit Mm -hmm. where I, you know, I've had instances where people have come in where it's like, if they aren't, Exact. Like at the end of the day, like it is it is a huge mental burden for them, sure. and, and there's some negative consequences where people are literally weighing out like grams of rice at like mm-hmm. at nine o'clock at night to oh hit boy. the exact. I mean, I mean, and so some, yep. some that that like shows that that is not an appropriate strategy for that person. Mm-hmm. And so um, for me, a lot of times with with either that is situation or if somebody just doesn't. A lot of people just don't want to get a food scale out. They don't want to do it. I focus on a lot of what like precision nutrition teaches from a food like a, a plate construction standpoint so figuring out okay based on these macro prescriptions how can I use like hand portions to to start to um, create like to get close right so like how many you know palms of protein do I need per day how many thumbs of fat do I need a day and then kind of help them construct some of these meals so for breakfast your breakfast is going to have this many palms of protein this many thumbs of fat and, and this many handfuls of a carbohydrate source or something like that and try to help them come up with a system to where then they're not worried about the numbers and then for dinner they're just focusing on like alright what's my protein source, this is my carb source, my fat source, I'm good and, and it can help ease from the burden of being so specific because like even the person who gets the food scale out and does it perfectly it's an imperfect system, the scale's got a margin of error, the food label's got a big margin of error, sometimes a big margin of error right, right? Um, you're you're going to lose some of the nutrition maybe the way that you cook it, um, you know the your body's thermic effect of food might be different than somebody else in terms of what you're spending, you're getting on your activity level, maybe not your. Right. It's it's an imperfect system, mm-hmm. so focusing on it being down to the gram or the calorie can be detrimental for some people. Right. And so you, you do have to figure out in your intake with somebody what is going to be right for them. And mm-hmm. so I just that's a whole another por- situation where I wouldn't go the macro approach. Sure, sure. I would maybe calculate it on my end and then uh, you know talk them through some ideas. Uh, but it might be starting to just like you know you know hey I want you to get this many palms of protein a day and just starting at that and I don't even care you know what the quality is or the timing of it at that point um, it's like you might have to almost addition by subtraction in right, some right. ways with some people but yeah if there's and there's truly an eating disorder on board or a big history of it that's another situation where referring to the appropriate people is important um, so a registered dietitian is going to have a, a much higher you know Education level or, or acumen, be able to handle that because it's probably part of their education. So I would, I mean, we have people around here. I would send, them, I would send them to the right person.
0: Yeah, you, usually like whenever follow up on conversation they've had some type of counseling and yeah, history yeah, yeah. but it's like yeah I'm staying as far away from this tracking as yeah, I can yeah, yeah, yeah. and so would would you also say potentially like that might be where you would look into a food quality situation let's just maybe avoid the carbs that come in a, a box or a bag. Mm-hmm. You know, let's get our whole food sources this exactly. and the other like that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Usually mm-hmm. like if you're doing that it's gonna be pretty hard to get yeah. over fat, right? No.
1: Exactly that's why I tell people yeah, yeah real food doesn't have food labels. Right. right. So like you buy okay. you buy you buy things that don't have a food label on them or a food and you nutrition fact thing because it's it's grown in the ground or it had eyes. You know, yeah. um, those are kind of your two your, your two options. Doesn't
2: there. look like it came from the earth. Yeah, right.
1: it, it, yeah. exactly. And yeah. So you find you, so that's what I love about this individual design piece. Come like bringing it full circle to kind of going through the OPEC stuff you just went through, Mike. I love the individual design piece because there are so many different variables and each person is so unique in their experiences and, and what they need that it really just becomes this big puzzle and it's fun to try to help figure it out and help guide them on it so yeah, yeah that's what I, I love that piece man um any other uh, nuggets that you've got that uh, uh around this whole topic mike either from previous experience or
2: from your coaching education that you think are important to kind of add on i think uh one thing that you mentioned was um Trying to focus on maybe not so much food timing, but just saying, hey, get this many fists full of protein for the day, and and that could be your goal. I have came across a couple of of situations where people seem to look at a workout as a type of currency for... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, for yeah. what they get to eat or drink for the day or oh, whatever that's big. it is. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. That's me. Um, but oh, yeah, man, for girl. example, like, oh, I didn't get my spin class in today, so I'm skipping lunch because I don't want to get yeah, over fat. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, that's...
0: I'm more like, I can eat this whole pint of Ben and Jerry's because I yeah. worked out five days this week. Or the exact <laughs> opposite. Yeah, yeah. I you worked
2: know right? <laughs> out, so I get to go have a couple of drinks and watch the game after after mm-hmm. work today. Yeah. You know, um, I think you hit a pretty serious point there just saying, listen, I want three fist of protein for the day. I want three meals to start. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't even matter when it is, but three meals every day. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's that's something that I've seen as well, um, and and have struggled to to kind of convince people to to get yeah. on the train with. You know, for sure. Um, I think I think that that, that one. that's huge, I man. I'm glad you brought that up because
1: that one thing that bugs the crap out of me is those memes that show like a picture of like McDonald's French fries and like somebody doing burpees, and it goes like this equals like. 174 burpees, you know what I'm saying? And I hate to think of it that way because that's not really how we should approach this. Cause food is really more about, you know, the, the kind of fueling our whole body to help us again make us feel good. And so the when we discuss those things in the beginning, hopefully people will kind of take that to heart of where the exercise induced part of this is like two hundred to five hundred calories a day of the whole picture. Right. So if you have a day where you didn't do crap or you worked your butt off. We're talking a, a very small total amount of calories in terms of the absolute calorie value. So to say, like, I'm going to skip a meal because I missed a spin class is, like, people do that all the time. And it just really doesn't make sense in the grand in the whole picture. And, you know, the education part of that and the convincing part of that is it can be super
2: tough as a coach definitely grinds my gears so oh yeah put it politely.
1: no dude for sure i think that you're that was a good that's a great point we hadn't even talked about that and so um that would be somebody too where it's more a macro prescription might maybe it isn't the right choice maybe it's something more of like just getting them comfortable with you know these certain habits of like you mentioned you have this many meals a day every single day regardless of what you did that day mm-hmm. or you, you know you, you might start with something like that or just a protein bowl and and then try to take it more from that side, that part of it, you know, from a psychological part, uh, rather than just spitting numbers at them. Um, but, yeah, there's so many. You can go here, too. And then, I, you know, another question we always get, I know we're running a little long here, is we always get this uh, – this, um, yeah, this idea of like nutrient timing and intermittent yep. fasting and all that mm-hmm. kind of thing and man more and more literature comes out showing that it really don't matter that much you know in terms of like the idea of this intermittent fasting is so important because we're, we're getting you know there, there are at least extra benefits and we're by keeping the window short well the big reason people have success with a lot of that they're actually limiting their total calories. So they don't oh, It's time time just
0: eat. the math, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And
1: the same thing with keto. It's like, oh, keto is super, super effective. Yeah, I lost all this weight on keto. That's great. I'm glad it worked for you. But the big thing there is you cut out a lot of the sugar, you know, processed carbohydrates that you were eating already, mm-hmm. and so your total calorie number went down. Right. And, so, and so it's not all calories in, calories out, but a lot of these different strategies people take uh, are, are really they, – they work – more indirectly, rather than that specific dietary practice, and, and so yeah, and I the, love getting those questions. From the
0: issue I've just observed with keto is sustainability. It ends up becoming like a oh, yo-yo yeah. diet for people. They'll do it for a while, you have success, and they just out. revert right back, yeah. you know. And so um, I think yeah. that's a big part of this OPEX thing is, is sure. sustainability. It's sustainability. Yeah. The
1: life, lifestyle guidelines and practices are huge, and same with the nutrition window, the anabolic window, bro. Oh yeah, anabolic window. You got exactly forty-two point five minutes to get it. You know, it's like it's it's a little bit bigger than that, and it's a it's a lot more, bigger for yeah, pro- yeah. protein's
0: like 36 yeah. hours yeah. Or whatever yeah. you have in yeah. the last 36 hours but, you know, you're, yeah. gonna,
1: you're not you don't have unless you're preparing for a subsequent bout of activity where you really think like you need to try your best to replenish glycogen stores like for immediate use again soon. Like the average person doesn't need to work about that. Idea, you know?
0: <laughs> so uh, yeah. Frazier when he did a drogue and he mentioned he drinks Coke and eats Snickers right after an intense workout too. Mm-hmm. So I got really? of, yeah, y'all Have y'all seen the yeah, casuals do doing that too? Yeah. I guess I guess maybe we'll get to the weeds there but there's there's some truth sure, to that you yeah. know when you, with, when you get into the yeah. sports science with elite athletes and stuff like that but yeah. yeah
1: when I think about the the whole picture I think Food, independent of food quality, we've already mentioned how important it is for that. I would say like fifty percent of the whole picture is just making sure your calorie intake, what you take in, is appropriate based on your total expenditure. That's mm-hmm. probably again we're taking food quality out of this. I'd say like half of the picture is just is the calorie number in the right ballpark, and then maybe another thirty-ish percent of that is then the macro picture. Are your protein, carbs, and fats a little bit more dialed in within that calorie? If, if you have those kind of dialed in, that's you're starting to talk about eighty percent of the picture, eighty-five percent of the picture. Then You start talking about nutrient timing relative to when your training is. Are you taking fat? Are you taking most of your fat intake for the day away from training? Your carbohydrate intake, or more around training. You start getting the weeds, and then a small percentage becomes like supplements on top of that. But the bulk of it's just just eat about the right amount for you, and then start to get some of these protein numbers, maybe some carbs and fats in the right (laughs) right ballpark, and you're going to be good. You don't have to worry about that anabolic window too much. You're gonna be all right. right. You're gonna be all right. <laughs> so there's there's it, it's it's fun. I love I love working with clients on this kind of stuff because you get to it is really a puzzle. You mm-hmm. know, it's, and that's that's the best part about individual design. I feel like is is each person
2: is their own puzzle too. I have to agree.
1: Yeah, yeah. man. Um, well, dude, Mike, podcast you for at least our podcast. I don't know if you've been on one before at all.
2: Once before. Boom. All yeah. right. Once
1: so before. second
0: time around, man. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to get off your chest? Yeah. Oh uh, no, nobody um, needs to hear anything. Like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where, where, uh, where, where can our listeners find you if they want to look you up? Oh man,
2: uh, I am not on social media. Actually, Boom.
0: good thing. So he's uh, living it. He's, he's, living, living, that, he's living that. He's living that. I action. need to
2: follow no. your lead. Yeah, I'm right, trying to stay off of it. I haven't even. I have an Instagram account. I haven't even verified my email address yet. So. <laughs>
1: It Does he even let you uh, post if you haven't verified your email No, test? it doesn't. No. But I can like stuff, which You is can great. like it. There you um, go. I know. I saw you follow the gym. I followed the gym one, and I was like, I was like, oh my an Instagram, and it's like nothing. No,
2: <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so if you want to see me, come by Vertex Boom. or there come you take a class at Carolina CrossFit on yeah, Main Street.
0: Speaking no. of a CrossFit, oh, we have we a date coming up. Competition February fifth. famously cold. Yeah, we're like ten days out. Adam, Adam, if you're yeah. listening, I gotta teach my son Adam Billy do a lesson. They they named their team name Better Faster than Brandon and Josh. I so know, which is That's gonna be coming to all top. day. Of
1: course, Tavi helped come yes, up with that. Yes, yes, yes. It was Tavi, but um, yeah, we're so gonna show them. My, my goal is just to beat him. Adam. That's we're it. Show them young and how it's done. That's all right. Thankfully, that's Brandon's right. been training super hard. He's gonna carry my ass in this. So I I help. Man, the kids don't know what's yep. up. They don't. They don't know how to do it. It's gonna be a good yeah. day.
0: It's gonna be a good day. And then uh, you got a, you got another date coming up, right? Body tempering course. Yeah, body tempering April second. April second. April second here. At right here. Uh, yep, yeah, yeah.
1: hosting it again here. It's gonna be fun one too because we're actually, more and more research projects are getting getting done on this. There's actually another really uh, uh, a pretty cool one that just came out using some offensive alignment. I think it was Saint Francis University um, showing changes in the rate of procedure <laughs> exertion um, following body tempering. Ooh, we got one here at Carolina. Hopefully getting rolling here too nice. so so it, it, it's it's been fun man to, to get to be a part of some of these things and see it grow but yeah next course here uh mm-hmm. april 2nd here uh yeah, vertex man
0: stuff mike thanks for joining us man. this is great we should do this again yeah, yeah. yeah thanks, thanks for having me we'll run it back that's right. Well, this is better yeah, faster podcast we are out
1: This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialists. One patient per doctor of physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.